Hockey Canada has uh, has someone right here locally in our community hired on as the first VP of diversity and inclusion. Now, this is obviously in the wake of some very... Uh, big scandals facing Hockey Canada, uh, what's been called a, a reckoning in sports in our country. Uh, so let's talk to him right now. He's the Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion, as we said, at Hockey Canada. He's also the Director of the Office of Human Rights, Diversity and Equity at Edmonton's McEwen University. Irfan Chowdhury is joining us. Irfan, thank you so much for making the time. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity to connect I'm glad to get to talk to you about this because this has been, you know, something that we have been touching on, certainly on this station, and I think just as a community, as a country, for a really long time, is what's next for Hockey Canada? And what will a new board, what will new leaders really be able to bring to the table to incite some real change, which we know we're desperate for? Now, what your role is going to be in this new position will be to cre- to lead the development of a vision and strategy to create and sustain a culture within hockey that embraces and promotes equity, diversity, and inclusion. That is a big, big task, Irfan. <laughs> yeah, no, it's something I'm I'm really excited to to be able to to kind of get started. So I know you gave two uh, two uh, titles for me at the beginning of the show, and so I will I will be leaving my position here in McEwen at the end of the month to to focus on the new role. Uh, and really, yeah, it's to build on some of the work that's been happening, you know, behind the scenes over the last number of years. Uh, you know, I was involved with them uh, as part of their uh, EDI advisory committee that they put together, uh, I think, in 2022. Uh, and then just kind of being there for the foundational work, you know, when this role came up, I thought, you know, why not Why not kind of support and continue it, uh, knowing some of the, the goals and I think um, ideas that, you know, we all collectively had to just make the, more, the sport more inclusive and just better in 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 uh, in a country that really values the sport at a very very uh, national level uh, it's a big part of our identity so really excited to be able to to join and and get some of the the, the work started I, well you answered one of my questions which was is that does this mean that you are going to now forego your position at at uh, McEwen so obviously you're going to be able to focus a hundred percent on this new role now yeah. you you mentioned that you uh, have been a member of hockey of the hockey Canada diversity and inclusion advisory group since 2022 so can you pull back the curtain a little bit and shed a little bit of light on what some of those conversations look like within the organization because I mean this looks like completely reimagining I think what what hockey Canada stands for and is all about I mean you know I I, I think there's a, a opportunity for transformation which a lot of people I think are uh, looking for and alluding to because you know it's no no secret in terms of what's been at the main attention over the last year uh, but I think some of those conversations are looking at, you know, how can, you know, whether it's, you know, policies internally that can be more inclusive, uh, can reflect a broad base of, of Canadians, even who are within the organization. Uh, but then also we have different members across the country, uh, many of which actually established their own uh, EDI committees over the last uh, couple of years. They've already started doing some of this work at the very localized level. And so I think it's connecting some of those, you know, whether it's, 
uh, inclusive practices within the organization, how that can impact some of those practices with some of the member uh, associations and groups, uh, and then also, you know, thinking about the end goal for, for the organization, right, positive hockey experiences for everyone that's involved. I think that's always going to be a very strong driver of, of this work uh, because we want our, especially our kids to be involved in a game where they feel safe and comfortable, uh, where they can, you know, uh, have fun at the end yeah. of the day. And so if we're able to kind of build out different programs, resources, mechanisms, supports, accountabilities, uh, education, awareness, you know, all things that I've observed uh, in like, you know, a university environment or even other sectors I've been a part of doing this work. But for whatever reason, within a sporting and hockey setting specifically, those connection points weren't being made in any way that was, you know, very meaningful or uh, long term or consistent. And so I think a role like this at the, at the kind of, you know, national kind of hockey Canada level will provide some of that structure. I think many of the, the localized organizations have really been uh, asking for. And you could argue that the time really is now to make some of those changes because it seems that the eyes of the country are, are on this organization and what this is going to mean and how, how we can potentially change it. But I mean, we're talking ultimately about a culture shift. And is that something that's that's achievable? I mean, is this something that has to change over the course of several generations? Or can we actually combat this with a with a new board and some different operating practices? You know, that's a starting point, but I think this is something that's going to take the collective efforts of everyone involved, um, you know, from your, your players to your coaches to your refs to your volunteers to your parents to your timekeepers. You know, the list goes on and on in terms of how vast the involvement of people are in the sport, which is incredible. Uh, but we also know that not everyone has those same opportunities or those same positive experiences. And so I think, you know, from that kind of broader perspective, you know, really trying to connect with those localized EDI committees to get a sense of what they've been trying to achieve. Uh, more importantly, how they feel Hockey Canada could could provide some support, uh, whether it's through guidance, through leadership, uh, through setting accountability mechanisms and practices, you know, all things that I think a lot of people are looking for. Because right now, you know, it's a little bit disjointed um, and I think it's putting unfair and undue pressure on many of the volunteers actually to, to carry out some of this work with little to no resources or even training on how, how to address it in meaningful ways. And so I think those are pieces for sure at a governing uh, perspective can can be addressed to ensure that everything is being uh, everything that can be done to support some of those localized decisions uh, is happening and building that foundation collectively. Because you're right, it's not going to happen overnight. I'm I'm in it for for you know the long long term of this, mm-hmm. and so I think it's one of those pieces where when we have the foundational pieces in place, now we can start to build. Uh, it won't be easy, you know. I've received some very very positive messages. I'd say 99.9 percent of the messages I've received have been very very positive, but I've also received some interesting emails and at replies, uh, kind of you know questioning different things. Hmm. Uh, but I think that's also a good highlight of why why it's needed because the status quo, of course, is not uh, is not acceptable. I'm curious about that. If you if you can expand a little bit on some of the reaction, and I've seen some conversation too online, you know, questioning, uh, you know, whether or not there's a there's a hockey background that you bring to this, or whether that even matters. I, I want to get to those uh, questions in just a second, Irfan. I won't take too much more of your time, but we do have to take a sure. little break. We'll be right back in three minutes with Irfan Chowdhury, the new vice president for diversity and inclusion for Hockey Canada. Chelsea Unchad continues in three minutes.
We're talking right now with the vice president, the new vice president for diversity and inclusion at Hockey Canada, Irfan Chowdhury. Irfan, thank you so much for hanging on hold. I really appreciate that. Yeah. We're, we're just kind of touching a little bit about some of the reactions uh, that you've received since, uh, since I guess it's become public knowledge that you're now holding this mm. title. Uh, when you face those questions wondering about your hockey background and whether or not you come into this role with any sort of hockey experience, do you feel that that, that, that really matters for what work you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, for for someone who plays uh, recreation uh, division four uh, <laughs> hockey uh, every Thursday night, I uh, take great offense to that. Shout out to the laser mobs. Uh, <laughs> but no, all, all all kidding aside, I think you know you have you have diversity of perspectives that really make you know organizations thrive. And so I think what I'm going to be able to contribute to the organization, you know, of course, I have a lot of learnings around kind of, you know, the level of um, involvement uh, that many around the table already have around hockey knowledge and awareness, more so in terms of like organizing and, uh, you know, business of hockey, let's say. But I think one of the reasons why it was brought in is because, you know, the, the skill set that, you know, EDI professionals bring to the table uh, is, you know, very, very uh, flexible in terms of how it applies to different organizations. Because, you know, the end goal for a lot of us is to ensure, you know, it's a safe and respectful workplace uh, or work environment uh, where people are free from discrimination and, and harassment. And when you kind of boil it down to, you know, what people would want to be a part of, I think most people would agree with, yeah, we do want to be a part of an organization that does protect us from aspects of bias, harassment and discrimination. But how we get there is also very, very challenging because right now, you know, in public discourse, uh, EDI, so equity, diversity and inclusion is getting some interesting frames of references and even misunderstandings around what it actually is trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And that's been some of the comments as well, right? I had someone reach out and again, I don't pay any attention to the, the negatives because that's always the outliers. Again, everyone's been very supportive and uh, positive with the experiences, but, you know, suggesting that having diversity and inclusion as part of the sport is going to, going to spoil the game. And that to me is always a head scratcher because when you, again, go down to the base level, do you not want everyone, regardless of background, to have a positive experience in the game of hockey? And if your answer is no, then there might be a bigger issue at play. But most reasonable people would say, yeah, I think that's a goal we can all get behind. And I think that's something that everyone's committed to doing. Yeah. And I mean, something needs to change. Something's got to give, considering all of the stories that have come out over, over mm -hmm. the last couple of years. I mean, multiple accusations of sexual assault, group sexual assault, and then just right. lack of transparency or accountability uh, from yeah. the perspective of Hockey Canada. I mean, these are big issues that you're coming in to try yeah. to tackle. Yeah, and I think that's one of the key things even I had in consideration to to making this move because I think for any organization to be truly, um, you know, inclusive and to be transparent is you have to have that awareness level at all levels. And I think, you know, having reports that are available, for example, I think just last year was the first time, if I'm not mistaken, where, you know, even though the organization published, you know, nationwide data on their new Rule 11.4, uh, which tracks all incidents of verbal taunts, insults, or in intimidation based on discriminatory grounds. You know, I think that's foundational because it highlights, you know, 
when you start to track and document things, you can start to raise awareness, but also take action. But it's just as easy to just pretend that stuff's not happening and not track and not publish and not report. And so I think you're seeing these small steps that are being taken over the last number of years, or I guess within this last year, to try to rebuild some of that trust and rebuild transparency. Still a long way to go, of course, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and positive that some of these changes can start to help rebuild that trust that's definitely been lost, and, and I can understand why. Yeah, and for something that I think is is really raw for a lot of Canadians. So many of us, Absolutely. as you mentioned, you know, really hold hockey so dear to us. And it's it's a part of, I think, the way that we celebrate being Canadian. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so much a part of our lives in, in such a big way that I think making some of those those attitude shifts uh, are are so important. What about what about barriers like price? Someone else is bringing up a, a good point on the text line saying, well, what about, what about the fact that it's not accessible to everybody? Is that included in some of the work that you're going to be doing? You know, it will be like that's something that I know even when we were working on the Grow the Game project uh, where we received that funding from uh, the federal government to create an anti-racism resource hub for a hockey setting, you know, some of the post-survey responses we got was around uh, accessibility and cost uh, with some of the even preliminary work I've seen from the EDI committees at the localized level. Uh, accessibility and cost is also another consideration. And so when we think about transformation, you know, we think about growth and retention, you know, that's going to be a key consideration, right, is how do we ensure the sport is accessible? You know, I can appreciate that situation. I have an eight-year-old son. Uh, he's now gravitating more towards uh, soccer. He's in, interested in soccer uh, because because of cost considerations. And, you know, as a parent of <laughs> someone, I, I appreciate that because it's less expensive uh, <laughs> to have your child in something like soccer. But at the same time when he was even part of uh you know the oilers have their first shift and second shift program that they partnered with um uh, upna hockey which my son went through it was one of those things okay he went through first shift and then second shift and then the only other option is okay here's the list to organize hockey that's available in edmonton if that's where you want to go but if you don't there isn't really other alternatives and i think Mm -hmm. this is something you're noticing across the country and there is an appetite to even explore like what do some of those other options look like and so a key component of this work is around growth and retention as well where cost is always the number one factor that you know it needs to be addressed in a more more meaningful way. And that's where I'm really looking forward to even connecting with some of the local EDI committees to learn what they have been experiencing. And then how can we make connection points to ensure there's access to, you know, whether ice time or equipment or a collection of the above to make sure that you don't have people self-selecting themselves out of the sport because at a very young age, they've already gone through, you know, two programs that were accessible uh, and provided them with equipment at a, at a uh, affordable cost, if not free. Uh, and then they've done the program, and then that's it. That doesn't really right. make sense in terms of growing the game, right? So I think it's trying to get, you know, yes, there's the formal pathways that people want to go the more organized way, but what are some of the other considerations uh, that we can we can think about? And I think that's where that growth and retention piece is going to be integral and really looking forward to learning and working alongside others who are who are doing that work already. Well, can't wait to see some of your work and uh, and congratulations on the position. Uh, it's great that someone I think from right here in our community is now holding uh, such such influence and uh, and sway when it comes to an organization that really needs to uh, that needs to change and definitely has the spotlight on your fan. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, thank you so much for the opportunity. I of appreciate course. it. That's Irfan Chowdhury, Vice President for Diversity and Inclusion at Hockey Canada. Now, he comes into this role with previous experience as the Director of the Office of Human Rights, Diversity and Equity at Edmonton's McEwen University.